0: Father in heaven, we thank you, Father, for how you have sustained our lives, and we thank you, Lord, for the spiritual blessings that you give to us. We pray that our lives shall be the simple outworking of your will, and that it shall be a praise and glory to your name. We want to be proper representatives of you on this earth, and we pray that you will help us that the study we are going to have today shall be a means to help us better represent you on the earth. We pray, Lord, that our defects in character shall be remedied through this study. Grant to us, therefore, of your spirit, because we cannot understand your word without your spirit. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth and put your words in my mouth. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage October 24 She Gave Her All Believe me, this poor widow has put in more than all the others, for they have all put in what they can easily afford, but she in her poverty, who needs so much, has given away everything, her whole living. Mark chapter 12, verse 43 and 44. Jesus was in the court where were the treasure chests, and he watched those who came to deposit their gifts. Many of the rich brought large sums, which they presented with great ostentation. Jesus looked upon them sadly, but made no comment on their liberal offerings. Presently his countenance lighted, as he saw a poor widow approach hesitatingly, as though fearful of being observed. Watching her opportunity, she hurriedly threw in her two mites and turned to hasten away. But in doing this, she caught the eye of Jesus, which was fastened earnestly upon her. The Savior called his disciples to him and bade them mark the widow's poverty. Then his words of commendation fell upon her. Tears of joy filled her eyes as she felt that her act was understood and appreciated. Jesus understood her motive. She believed the service of the temple to be of God's appointment and she was anxious to do her utmost to sustain it. She did what she could, and her act was to be a monument to her memory through all time and her joy in eternity. Her heart went with her gift. Its value was estimated not by the worth of the coin but by the love to God and the interest in His work that had prompted the deed. The rich bestowed from their abundance, many of them. To be seen and honored by men. Their large donations had deprived them of no comfort or even luxury. They had required no sacrifice and could not be compared in value with the widow's might. Her example of self-sacrifice has acted and reacted upon thousands of hearts in every land and in every age. It has appealed to both the rich And the poor and their offerings have swelled the value of her gifts God's blessing upon the widow's might has made it the source of great results so with every gift bestowed and every act performed with a sincere desire for God's glory it is linked with the purposes of omnipotence its results for good no man can measure Amen. The title of our devotion for today is She Gave Her All And this time we are going to be looking at the poor Though in our previous devotion we still looked a bit um, on the contrast between the rich and the poor But we will do that more today Looking at poverty versus wealth The focus of this devotion is a certain widow who we do not know her name even now, but God knows who this person is. And the example that Jesus singled out of this woman is what we are going to be looking at. Looking at the Bible now, Mark chapter 12 from verse 41 to 44, it says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she, she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto his, unto him his disciples, and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in, than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her wants did cast in all that she had even all her living amen and we have just read in the devotion how it was that this woman did what she did she didn't do it as if just confidently because it was shameful for her but yet even in that shame she wanted to give and these two mites imagine two mites make up a farthing that's what she just drops and even a farthing is even too it's even very small but then Jesus marked it because she gave all that she had. Why is this account of the sacrifice of the widow on record for us? It is written so that we may be encouraged that the Lord is taking a faithful record of every act of sacrifice made by you and made by all men for His sake. God appreciates the moral worth that is shown in the motives that prompt the actions than the huge sacrifices that are given. So to explain this I will be reading from Spirit of Prophecy, Reading Testimonies Volume 1, page 536, paragraph 1 and 2, we are told, Some who profess to believe the truth are lacking in discernment and fail to appreciate moral worth. Persons who boast much of their fidelity to the cause and talk as though they think they know all that is worth knowing are not humble in heart. They may have money and property, and this is sufficient to give them influence with some. But it will not raise them one jot in the favor with God. Money has power and sways a mighty influence. Excellence of character and moral worth are often overlooked if possessed by the poor man. But what does God care for money, for property? The cattle upon a thousand hills are his. The world and all that is therein are his. The inhabitants of the earth are as grasshoppers before him. Men and property are but as the small dust of the balance. He is no respecter of persons. Men of property often look upon their wealth and say, by my wisdom have I gotten me this wealth. But who gave them the power to get wealth? God has bestowed upon them the ability which they possess. But instead of giving Him the glory, they take it to themselves. He will prove them and try them, and will bring their glory into the dust. He will remove their strength and scatter their possessions. Instead of a blessing, they will realize a curse. And an, an act of wrong or oppression, a deviation from the right way, should no sooner be tolerated in a man who possesses property than in a man who has not. All the riches that the most wealthy ever possessed are not of sufficient value to cover the smallest sin before God. They will not be accepted as a ransom for transgression. Repentance, true humility, a broken heart and a contrite spirit alone will be accepted of God. And no man can have true humility before God unless the same is exemplified before others nothing less than repentance confession and forsaking of sin is acceptable to god amen end of quote it reminds me what we just read now reminds me of the devotion that we had yesterday but today the lord is pointing our attention to how we value moral worth all those people were dropping their huge sums of money and jesus did not commend any of them but not until a woman came and dropped two farthings, a widow. Was it the farthing that Jesus was appreciating? No, it was her character which showed by her dropping of that two farthings which make a mite. That was what Jesus was pointing to. And what was the character there? It was a character of sacrifice for the Lord, it was a character of giving all for Him. That is the lesson. Jesus pointed to the moral worth of that woman in that she gave her all. And that is the lesson for us. As opposed to one who doesn't give their all. The rich like we have read just now who are men of property sometimes look down on the poor and feel like oh if you were hard-working as myself you would be in a better situation do you understand that god said the poor will always be among us there are some people who we have studied in previous devotions are the worthy poor they are not poor because they are not hard-working they are not poor because they don't have the skills but that's just how it is god has put them there and there's nothing they can do about it but then Even those who are rich should always remember that God is the one who gave them the power to make wealth. So let us look at the contrast between the rich and the poor now, still in Testimonies Volume 1, this time page 537 paragraph 2 and down what we are told. I was shown that many who profess to be Sabbath keepers so love the world and the things that are in the world that they have been corrupted by its spirit and influence. The divine has disappeared from their characters and the satanic has crept in, transforming them to serve the purposes of satan. To be instruments of unrighteousness then in contrast to these with these men i was shown the industrious honest poor men who stand ready to help those who need help who would rather suffer themselves to be disadvantaged by their wealthy brethren than to manifest so close and acquisitive a spirit as they manifest men who esteem a clear conscience and right, even in little things of greater value than riches. They are so ready to help others, so willing to do all the good in their power, that they do not amass wealth, their earthly possessions do not increase. If there is a benevolent object to call forth means or labor, they are the first to be interested in and respond to it, and frequently do far beyond their real ability and thus deny themselves some needed good to carry out their benevolent purposes. Because these men can boast of but little earthly treasure, they may be looked upon as deficient in ability, in judgment, and in wisdom. They may be counted of no special worth, and their influence may not be esteemed by men. Yet, how does God regard these poor, wise men? They are regarded precious in His sight. And although not increasing their treasure upon earth, they are laying up for themselves an incorruptible treasure in the heavens. And in doing this, they manifest a wisdom as far superior to that of the wise, calculating, acquisitive, professed Christian as the divine and godlike is superior to the earthly, carnal, and satanic. It is moral worth that God values. A Christian character... Unblotted with avarice, possessing quietness, meekness, and humility, is more precious in his sight than the most fine gold, even the golden wedge of Ophir. End of quote. Amen. So let us settle this. The amount of money we give is not what matters. What matters to God is your character. But then that character will show in how much you give. What was the woman's character? The character of the woman was that she believed that she was to give all to God. And she did give all. She was so desirous to support the work of God. That she would disadvantage herself. And she would place herself in a street. Just so she could support the work of God. Now, let us compare ourselves. All of us, let's compare ourselves with this woman has there been times when there have been calls for missionary efforts to help a brethren to help a sister somewhere and you have calculated and said "Mm, i have this money this one is kept for this no this one is kept for that this one is kept for this and that i don't have any other thing to give to the work of god behold the widow she had needs she had herself to take care of. Perhaps she did have children. For her to be a widow, that means she was once married, possibly she had children to take care of. But even if she didn't have children, she had herself to take care of. She was not living a comfortable life. She was a poor person. But she didn't use her poverty as an excuse, as a reason not to give to the work of God. Can you ever give like this woman? You who have something in the bank account, you who have something to hold on to to take care of yourself and you are thinking that oh I cannot give to the course of God because this one is kept for this and this one is kept for that. What was kept by this woman? Nothing after she gave her last mite, Nothing left and Jesus did not say to her oh woman you have been foolish better keep your money for yourself the work of God will always survive without you. No. Jesus singled her out and pointed her out as a person of example and said, She has given her all. God recorded it. How much have you given for the work of God? Some of us think, oh, we have just been good businessmen. And then we say, oh, what are you doing about the, about the work of God? Are you sure you need this? Are you sure you need that? Oh, you are not planning very well. I'm not giving you any money. That's how some people behave and they justify their penurious, covetous, selfish spirit. When was the last time you sponsored the good work of God? When was the last time you gave for something that was a holy, worthy purpose? Now, I understand sometimes that some people withhold because, of course, it's not everything that is called the work of God. But when you are convinced in your heart that this work that is being done is something that will further the gospel, that is something that, like this woman, is building the temple of the Lord, the woman believed that that Money needed to sustain the temple was necessary. This was not a tithe or offering that she was given. This was this was not a tithe or I mean the regular offering. This was just something given, not just to the, the required one that the Lord has said, Oh, we must give our tithe and offering. This was from her own free will, free will offering, because she saw a need. This need could have been satisfied by the rich men. They didn't need her might, but she wanted to be a part of it. Those two mites that she dropped that made a farthing, was it needed? Would it have added anything to the building of the temple? Well, it would have added. But how much? As far as financial value goes, very little. But as far as moral worth goes, it will add a huge foundation into the building of that temple. Today, there is work to do. Even if you feel that there are people who are taking care of it already, they've given enough. Yes, it is true. But the reason, we need to reason it from this woman's perspective. She wanted to be a part of it even if her money was not needed. To her, she understood that it was a blessing for her to be a part of it. Even if it is by giving her might. And she did it. She did it and was blessed. But then Jesus points to this woman as a means to show the poor what they can do even if they are not as wealthy as some of their brethren. As far as this widow can give, none is excused. This was not a woman's might or a poor man's might but a poor widow's might. She had cares that were on her. She had to care for herself like I've said earlier. Another thing to note is that she did not give because there was a special call for an evangelism or church building or certain work to do that was special. She gave out of a sense of a duty to give. She gave out of appreciation for God who had spared her life. And of course, she gave to sustain the temple. Not necessarily to build it now. She gave out of a spirit of gratitude towards her maker. And what did she give? You may call it might. But no, she gave everything. She gave her all. Giving to God was more important to her than even her own necessities. There are many poor people today and widows who make their condition an excuse for not giving their tithes and offering or being appreciative even in their hearts without giving. This story of the widow is a mild rebuke to such a spirit. Even if we don't have as much as others, we can if we love God more than ourselves Have hearts that are so addicted to the gospel that we will spend ourselves, both body and soul, mind and strength and resources for Him. Reading Testimonies Volume 2, page 229, paragraph 2, it says, I was shown that some are deceived in regard to themselves. They look to those who have much property and feel that these are the only ones who have a love of the world and who are in any special danger of covetousness. But this is not the case. Those who have means are constantly in danger and are accountable for all the talents of means which the master has entrusted to their care. But those who have little of this world are frequently self-caring and do not do that which is in their power to do and which God requires them to do. They frequently have opportunities to do good, but they have so long cared for self and studied self-interest that they think there is no other way for them to do. And down in page 246 and 247 we are told, Let not the poor feel that there is nothing that they can do, because they have not the wealth of their brethren. They can sacrifice in many ways. They can deny self. They can live devoted lives, and in their words and acts, they can honor their Redeemer. The sisters especially can exert a strong influence if they will cease their gossiping and devote their time to watchfulness and prayer. They can honor God. They can let their light so shine that others by seeing their good works will be led to glorify our Father which is in heaven. As an illustration of the failure on your part to come up to the work of God as was your privilege, I was referred to these words Curse ye Meroz, said the angel of the Lord, curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof because they came not to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty, Judges chapter 5 verse 23. What has Meroz done? Nothing. And this was their sin. They came not up to the help of the Lord against the mighty. End of quote. Do you see that? So to the poor, look at the widow. Don't be so self-caring that you feel like you are not. Nobody should expect from you that you support the work of God. Give your widow's might. It is for your own benefit. It is not that you are you are helping God. It's yourself you are helping. Give as much as you can. Give even if you are poor. And the Lord will even bless you in that situation because it is teaching you a a principle of not being self-caring. Because if you are not giving to others, you will keep thinking of only yourself and selfishness will continue to be fostered in you. But even though you have more needs than other people and if you start to give even though you have more needs, it will teach you the lesson like, like Jesus who did not care for himself. Jesus had more needs than the people around him. But yet, he usually neglected his needs. Let us look at the Samaritan woman, for example. We didn't read that part when we studied it. But if you go and check it in the book of John, chapter 4, it tells us that Jesus was so hungry, almost like he wanted to die. But then he saw a woman who he felt had a need, and it made him forget his own need, and he took care of the woman. as spiritual needs and this is what we should think about you may be hungry like Jesus you may be thirsty so to the point that you have nothing else as if you want to die but that doesn't mean you cannot look to the needs of others Jesus when he was on the cross of Calvary was in greater pain and anguish than the two thieves who were by his left hand and by his right hand he had been smitten buffeted beaten, giving stripes on his back His back was lacerated, and the flesh was pulling out. He was nailed. But even on that cross, he was still caring for others and not himself. He spoke concerning his mother and told John the beloved to take care of her. He cared for the thieves on the cross. And was willing to think of their salvation, and then he cared for the whole world by saying, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." He wasn't thinking of himself in self pity as, "Oh, look at me! Look at what they are doing to me!" He was thinking of them. That is what the poor should be like don't be so self caring that you think you are only the one who has needs, who has needs, and all the time you are just being needy, but you never ever give to others. You can't give even while you are poor, and it will teach you a, an invaluable character, the character of Jesus who thinks of others as better than himself than himself then there are others who think that after they have given some, they are not required to give any more even if it is needed. Let us always remember when this thought comes to our mind that Jesus gave us all he had. He spent himself until there was nothing left of him and he requires the same of us. It will cost us everything so we are not to close the boils of mercy on account of the fact that we have given several times. We can keep giving even when it is going to inconvenience us and not only when it does not cause us any inconvenience. To buttress this point i'm reading going to read something now speaking of a woman who was involved in a certain evangelistic effort and she had already given to the work but then the work was not yet done and there was more means and money that was required and then she refused to give and the work failed because of that let us hear what the lord has to say about it testimonies volume 2 page 231 paragraph 2 and out of speech 32 it says the lord would have carried forward the work he so graciously commenced had the brethren been in working order you had so long consulted your own wishes and caused everything to bend to your convenience that the possibility that you might be inconvenienced led you to close the door which you might have opened to advance the cause You acted your part and some others felt to draw back, fearing the expense and calculating that they would lose time in attending meetings if the effort should be made. Christian zeal was lacking. A world was before us lying in wickedness, exposed to the wrath of God and poor souls were held by the Prince of Darkness and yet, those who ought to be awake and engaged in the noblest of all enterprises, the salvation of perishing souls had no interest enough to call into action every means they could employ to hedge up the path to destruction and to turn, to, to turn the footsteps of the faltering ones into the path of eternal life. Eternal life should engage the deepest interest of every Christian. To be a co-worker with Christ and the heavenly angels and the great plan of salvation. What work can bear any comparison with this? From every soul saved there comes to God a revenue of glory to be reflected upon the one saved and also upon the one instrumental in his salvation, end of quote. And I say, amen. So let us not withhold, even if it's calling for more means from us that would inconvenience us. We should also remember that the money in our hands was given to us for a purpose, which is to fulfill the covenant, to bring about righteousness and holiness. So when spending to that end, let us not hold back spend in a judicious and wise way for anything that will help us and others to be in the kingdom of God spend on the food spend on the house spend on the clothing Spend on the tracts, the gadgets, the website, the books, the equipment, the evangelism as far as it is helping to fulfill the covenant. It is no inconvenience. Spend also because God has promised a rich reward for those who do this because they are laying up treasure for themselves in heaven like this widow. And this is the best financial security anyone can have. Again, Jesus will use this widow to teach us that, while he does understand the trying condition which we find ourselves, the cares of this life and our lack is not sufficient reason for us to withhold, not just the tithe but also the offerings. I know this may sound insensitive but consider that God has also made promises in his word on how he will certainly take care of the righteous and bless them and that they will not lack the necessary things. So what we need is to exercise faith in God and not allow our condition either of poverty or of lack to be an excuse to stop us from giving. When we consider that this woman who was so poor gave, it is a huge encouragement indeed. She didn't think that it was enough, that she was not complaining or murmuring about her poor condition, which would have been a praiseworthy act. But she went further than refraining from murmuring. She gave to God. This is like the case of the widow of Sarepta who gave to Elijah. She considered him more important than herself and she was blessed for it. It is for this reason that Jesus said in the book of Matthew 10, verse 40 to 42 He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these Little ones, a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Amen. You see, the sacrifice made by the widow was done in the form of money. But others make sacrifices that are not financial or monetary in value. You, we need to learn from this lesson that we can be comforted to know that the Lord not o- does not only highly appreciate this, but he will also reward according to your works. He does not see things as men sees it, and he will reward us. There's something we read when we were looking at the, the devotion on Elisha, which I would like to read again. It is from Christ's Object Lessons, page 403 down to 404, explaining to us how God views these things. It says, There are many who have given themselves to Christ, yet who see no opportunity of doing a large work or making great sacrifices in his service. These may find comfort in the thought that it is not necessarily the martyr's self-surrender which is most acceptable to God, it may not be the missionary who has daily faced danger and death that stands highest in heaven's records. The Christian who is such in his private life, in the daily surrender of self, in sincerity of purpose and purity of thought, in meekness under provocation, in faith and piety, in fidelity, in that which is least, the one who in the home life represents the character of Christ, such a one, may in the sight of God be more precious than even the world-renowned missionary or martyr. Oh, how different are the standards by which God and men measure character! God sees many temptations resisted of which the world and even near friends never know. Temptations in the home, in the heart. He sees the soul's humility in view of its own weakness. The sincere repentance over even a thought that is evil. He sees the wholehearted devotion to his service. He has noted the hours of hard battle with self, battle that won the victory. All these God and His angels know. A book of remembrance is written before Him for them that fear the Lord and that think upon His name. Not in our learning, not in our position, and I'll add, not in our huge offerings. And I'll continue now, not in our numbers or entrusted talents. Not in the will of man is to be found the secret of success feeling our inefficiency we are to contemplate christ and through him who is the strength of all strength the thought of all thought the willing and obedient will gain victory after victory and however short our service or humble our work if in simple faith we follow christ we shall not be disappointed of the reward that which even the greatest and wisest cannot earn the weakest and most humble may receive heaven's golden gate opens not to the self-exalted it is not lifted up to the proud in spirit but the everlasting portals will open wide to the trembling touch of a little child blessed will be the recompense of grace to those who have wrought for god in the simplicity of faith and love end of quote and in conclusion i want to encourage you again with another one for those who feel like i cannot give as much money as the rich or those who feel i don't have as much talents as this sister or brother i wish i had it Don't worry, God is not requiring of you more than what you have. Testimonies volume 2 page 245 says, None need mourn that they cannot glorify God by talents he never gave them and for which they are not responsible. They need not say, If I was in another's position in life, I would do a great amount of good with my capital. God requires no more of them than to improve upon what they have as stewards of his grace. The one talent, the humblest service, if wholly consecrated and exercised to promote the glory of God, will be as acceptable as the improvement of the weightiest talent. The varied trusts are proportioned to our varied capabilities. To every man is given according to his ability. None should slight his work, considering it so small that he need not be particular to do it well. If he does this, he trifles with his moral responsibilities and despises the days of small things. Heaven apportions to all their work, and it should be their ambition to do this work well, according to their capabilities. God requires that all, the weakest as well as the strongest, fulfill their appointed work. The interest expected will be in proportion to the amount entrusted. Each should diligently and interestedly attend to his own work, leaving others to their own master to stand or fall. There are too many busy bodies, too many who are interested in watching their brethren, and for this reason are constantly weak. They will bear testimony in meeting, and because they have not Jesus in their, and because they have not Jesus in their hearts to confess, they will try to impress upon their brethren their duty. These poor souls do not know their own duty and yet they take the responsibility of enlightening others in regard to their duty. If such would attend to their own work and obtain the grace of God in their hearts, there would be a power in the church which is now lacking." End of quote. I pray that these words would have an impression on our hearts to so first of all help us to understand that no matter what your situation is, you can serve God. Do not be look. do not look at the, those who have more talents than yourself whether it is in skills or in financial wealth don't think that oh i wish i had like them i want to do like them and all of that the one you have improve it and give just like this widow she gave the one she had and she didn't say oh i wish i had like them before i can give you have something use it don't feel like oh because i'm poor i cannot support don't be so self-caring that you're always thinking of self 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 that you think Others can give and you cannot give. And at the same time, let us remember that it is a blessing to be one who gives the cause of God. And no matter how much we can give, unless we have given everything, that is when we can say we've given enough, when we have given everything like this woman. Let us give everything, consecrate all that we have to God, and the blessing will be great. In the eyes of men, it may look small, but when God comes to reward us, you will see That the way he values things is different from the way men values it. May the Lord bless us. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for this encouragement you've given to us. There are many who have looked down on themselves and have wrongly felt that they cannot support the work of God or do anything to help others around them because they are poor. I pray, Lord, that these words shall come to our hearts each and every one of us and help us to see what is possible for us to do. Help us, Lord, to improve on that talent that we have, even if it is one talent. And for those who are rich, I pray for them too, that you will help them too, to continue to open the bowels of compassion and mercy, to do good to those around them, and to themselves too, and also to support the cause of God. Forgive us for the times we have been close on penurious and given excuses that this widow did not give. But help us in all times to remember our Lord Jesus, who gave all for us, And may we be inspired to give all also. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Mm -hmm.